Once upon a time, there was a young woman named Elise who wanted to see the entire world and all the stories within it. One day, she met a white rabbit who asked her to come along for a journey of discovery. Welcome to Elise in Wonderland. Everyone, my name is Elise, the host of Elise in Wonderland. This is a show for those curious about the world, travel, culture, and new perspectives. And today we have Chris May in the studio. Say hello to everyone, Chris. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so you might have already met Chris in some form or fashion, talking to you through your radio about the latest events going on in the world, on your television, telling you what you need to know about the weather today. Maybe back in the day on your vacation cruise, calling your name at your graduation ceremony or as a master's of, of ceremonies, like I met you. That's exactly right. <laughs> Chris has been many things to many people and today we will talk about what it's really like behind the scenes in all of this crazy thing we call show business. So you also have a lot of advice today about how you make a career in entertainment and we're really happy to have you to talk about that today. Welcome. Hey, this is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. So everybody have a have a piece of paper and a pencil. <laughs> Get ready to take notes. <laughs> Have I missed anything in this introduction? Mm, no, Were maybe there a oh, couple celebrations. Odd jobs there? <laughs> celebration of learning. Yeah, yeah. Another event that you had uh, in your in your time. It, your varied, very storied career here at Mohawk uh, <laughs> had me come in and do, which is a, an awful lot of fun. Talking about storied careers, um, yeah. So I met Chris through an event where we were celebrating our amazing student award winners. And mm -hmm. I had a reference from someone who had heard your voice at the graduation ceremony. So you were the guy saying, and Elise Pipitone up next. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in the department of, yeah, exactly. I um, I was, it was really funny. I was, I was emceeing uh, a friend's wedding mm -hmm. and, his, uh, and his mother, or the mother of the groom, rather, um, called me up one day and said, I was at this wedding, and uh, and it was an Italian-Portuguese wedding, and uh, you made every name sound like you've been to that country or you're from that country. Would you ever consider doing this? And I asked, what is this? And she explained it to me, <laughs> and it turned out to be the, um, the roll call announcer at uh, the Mohawk College graduations. And that's it's been a few years I've been doing that. This year is going to be crazy in between June 18th and June 22nd 12 12 ceremonies oh there's gosh. going to be thousands of students graduating it's going to be wildly exciting that's so cool you gotta warm up those pipes then no I think so <laughs> so um, before we get into the show and talk about all of this interesting stuff we're gonna talk about mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna update everyone on how my week was yeah so Jin is not here as you guys could could notice usually he chimes in with some sort of snarky comment but i know he's listening hi jen is actually moving right now he just moved he just bought a new house and is moving in with his lovely wife so congratulations jen way to go jen learning the boards today um my week was amazing as well because i got to celebrate my cousin's wedding and I was at an Indian wedding for the first time. So I got to see a whole different culture and how they celebrate. And it was really cool because they explained the entire time to the groom's mm -hmm. family what they were doing and why. And uh, 
So that would explain the henna on your hands. Yeah, there it is. The fading henna, um, <laughs> which was incredible, and also got to see the Hamilton Philharmonic Indie Series um, with Twin Within, which is a local band. I would highly recommend you guys checking out the HPO and the amazing thing they're doing to become more accessible to a broad range of people. Oh, and for interests. sure. Yeah. yeah, the Hamilton Philharmonic's fantastic. That was, uh, again, way, way back in the day. <laughs> you um, have a connection to everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I w- there was, uh, the ha- uh, what was it, Hamilton Opera Company. Uh, I performed in the chorus for a couple of operas. Il Trovatore and... You sang? Yeah. And I do I do Foscari. So you're also an opera singer. No, I am not. <laughs> a great big huge capital letter under was. And um, anyway, that was with the HPO, so I, I gained a huge appreciation for the Hamilton oh, cool. Philharmonic. I love it. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Can you tell us about your week? Uh, my week has been fairly standard. We uh, we've because I work at the Weather Network. Obviously, I am. Um, uh, we've seen four seasons in a week again, and for those of you that woke up this morning and saw light flurries outside your window, uh, that's what happens when you grow up in the and you live in the lower Great Lakes. When you have five lakes, none of which froze this past winter, really anything can happen, and it always does. So it's been um, it's been a lot of that. We were up visiting um, our relatives in uh, in Barrie yesterday, mm-hmm. which was a whole lot of fun because our our nephew turned twenty six. So that was that was a ton of fun. That was a ton of fun. Nice. All right. So this next song is called Busy Earnin', which is about hustling. And when you start off your career, Mm -hmm. I know there's so many people that are in the same boat. You are taking odd jobs. You are figuring out how to break into the industry. And after this song, we're going to talk about how you started in this industry as well. So I hope you all enjoy the song Busy Earning by Jungle. And we'll be back in just a moment with Chris. Thanks. Welcome back to Elise in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It is 9.13 a.m. and we are in the studio with Chris May. Welcome back, everyone. That was a really cool jam. I love that track. That was cool. That was right on. I'm glad. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Where you began your journey and what compelled you to go down this path? Chris, Uh, enlighten us. Broadcasting. Okay. Really, Really quickly, I... I'd been performing arts my whole life, and it was performing arts that saved me. Uh, <laughs> it's an old story about, you know, shy, picked on, that sort of thing. And, uh, and my mother was a dance teacher her whole life. And so what she did was, uh, it, she said, I can't teach you uh, performing arts because all I do is dance. But my best friend in the industry, a woman named Sue Ermish, used to have a dance studio called um, Sundance Studios. She had just started to break into being a talent agency. So my mom forced me, like she forced me to play soccer and forced me to play hockey at times, to do to take performing arts, and I I I gravitated towards it, loved it, uh, went crazy with it, you know, all sorts of stuff as I mentioned earlier about the opera thing, but also a lot Mm -hmm. of you know musicals and and stuff in high school, Uh, and then tried my hand at university for uh, for the performing arts. It didn't go very well. (laughs) Uh, It became uh, very disillusioning pretty quickly. And plus, I had some stuff going on. My dad passed away at the time, so I took I took a step back. And a number of years later, I remembered a cousin of mine saying, "You should be a broadcaster because I was always the kid." See, here's the thing: when all the other kids were playing 
street hockey, what I would love to do is sit on the curb and do the play-by-play. <laughs> play. Yeah, I do the play-by-play. When we would go to play baseball games yeah. way way back, way back during Exhibition Stadium, totally when imagine this. very few people yeah. would go there, my dad would say, you know what, You're stop talking, please stop talking, because I would be doing the play-by-play <laughs> for the game. So I would go to the top of the, if anybody remembers this, and you, you really have to be over 40 to yourself. remember this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the very top of the stadium when they had those, those aluminum benches, yeah. I'd do the play-by-play. So I said, hey, that's not a bad idea. So I investigated uh, where I could do that. Mohawk was uh, was the best fit. So I see I, you're also wearing your Mohawk College oh, yeah, alumni sweater. Oh, yeah, my alumni sweater. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Which is great for radio because they can't see it. But imagine, if you will, <laughs> a gray a hoodie. a gray hoodie. <laughs> with red Mohawk alumni. So uh, I, I applied as a, as a mature student because I was in my mid-20s at the time. And, uh, and I just went blazed through it because mm-hmm. I really really wanted it this time This it was it was either this or I don't know what in the world I'm going to do next because mm-hmm. I'm really running out of options here but I took to it and it was great and uh, the support that I got was amazing through the all the connections that Mohawk College has yeah and we're biased here as well, but no, of course we're going to be biased. But I am here in the college that I attended. By the way, this studio was not here when I was here. As I mentioned off the top, we were uh, back in the day. We weren't an FM station. Mm-hmm. We were like this intramural excuse for a radio station. Mm-hmm. It was really just so people could, you know, practice the soft toss. You know, and if you made a mistake, who cares? Only the Arnie heard you anyway. So yeah, and this is great. We have lots of listeners all around, actually the world. And now this this show has been sent out by our recruiters to international students as well. So, Amazing. Good. Um, so you broke into broadcasting and mm-hmm. it's so refreshing to hear an- yet another, I hear this all the time, another story about everyone says the path is this path and when it doesn't fit for you at that time in your life, there are always so many other options that people mm-hmm. don't consider right away that just end up working out for the better. So you broke into radio broadcasting mm-hmm. through this program, and then you made a detour to tour ships. Oh, it was a heck of a detour. It really was. How did you do that? How did you get into that industry? I tried radio, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it just it wasn't what I was hoping it was going to be. But then again, I didn't really know what I wanted out mm-hmm. of it either. I, I had dreams, but I didn't have a real sense of mm-hmm. you know where I would fit. But I also still love to perform. So I'm, I essentially and very luckily meshed the two together. A friend of mine was a photographer for, uh, for a cruise line company and he, he introduced me to or gave me the, inf- the information for a woman who hires um, for Eastern Canada and she's in Whitby. Or she was. I don't, I'm not sure if she still does it, but it was a long, long time ago. Um, anyway, so I approached her and, and, and long story short, I ended up working, uh, working on ships mm-hmm. where Half of my life out there was broadcasting because I had to work on a microphone all day long, um, and because uh, that's what I was in the cruise director staff. Yeah. Um, the other half of it was performing arts because while broadcasting, you had to entertain and stimulate mm-hmm. uh, guests who otherwise would leave after a week and spending thousands of dollars saying, "What a boring time." There was nothing to do ever. So our job. They're there to be entertained. They're there to be entertained. Entertain me, please. And they have the singers and the dancers, and they have the casinos, and they have the gift shops. I've never all. been on a cruise. So okay. This has been very enlightening for me. Actually. Yeah. Imagine going. Have you been to a resort? Yes. Okay. Imagine it floating. Wow. Across the ocean, because that's basically what it is. It's a floating resort. 
Um, and you can't bomb because you're going to see these people day in, day out. No, and they'll tell you. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> so, um, and, and you go through that. I, I didn't have so much guests saying, you suck. I had, like, my cruise director going, you suck. Um, <laughs> and then I just kept trying to get better and better and better. Yeah. Um, which is what I did. I worked my way up to the, to the cruise director's first assistant, and then eventually I took over his job when he would go on vacation, and then I'd hold it until he'd come back, which was pretty cool so where did the ships go and were there some amazing or horrible spots um most well they were all amazing i very strategically um stayed in the caribbean because i just wanted to be warm and why not in the yeah exactly (laughs) if i want i'd already done i've done adventure (laughs) lived in bc for a couple of years so i already did mountains so i didn't need to go to alaska um you know my dad because he was an engineer moved Mm -hmm. us around the world a lot Mm -hmm. uh, so i've seen a lot of other things i wanted i wanted to be in the caribbean (laughs) it was warm um and it's the caribbean and it's the caribbean there's no such thing as really a bad location. The, probably the only location I most people did not want to go to because we were there every single week uh, was probably the only one that comes to mind. I don't even think it's a destination anymore. It was Martinique. Mm-hmm. And the only reason being was when you, as soon as you got off the ship, there was a palpable uh, discontent for, mm-hmm. for guests. For yeah, they, it's like they did not want us there. So you were there every week in the same site. Did that not feel like Groundhog Day after a while. <laughs> no, believe me, it did not because every because every every week was a different group of people. Oh, okay. Uh, different likes and dislikes. I would t- I would handle every event that I hosted a little differently. Mm-hmm. That's also where I got my really my first taste into television because as the as the um, technology continued to advance, so did the demands. So mm-hmm. then television shows hosted by people. Uh, either the cruise director or, yeah. or his staff became important, and I got, I guess, lucky that to work with a couple of, of cruise directors at the time, to which I was their assistant, who wanted nothing to do with it. They'd been out and doing this for so long. Yeah, they're like, take the lead. Now. They did not. They were old dog, didn't want to learn new tricks. So it was mm. like, you do it. Nice. So I did it, and mm-hmm. and it, it it ended up, you know, years later, yeah. paying off. That's amazing. Um, what are Canadian vacationers like? <sighs> You're asking this because of our conversation. <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> they are, they're, you, you know how Canadians go, oh, Americans, man, all they do is they're just big and loud and it's all about bravado. No, Canadians are worse. <laughs> Americans don't wear the Star Spangled Banner on everything that they own. Yeah. Canadians have our flag on their shirts, tattooed on their legs. They've got oh it on God. their... The they, maple leaf tattoo, oh, it's intense. There's... I don't see New York Rangers winter toques in the Caribbean as much as I see Toronto Maple Leaf winter toques. This is refreshing because Canadians like to think that they're the best when they travel, right? Everyone wants to be like us. They do, but they'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll tell everybody. That's the difference. <laughs> and because there's always this, uh, this, you know, this spitting match um, b- between the Canadian and the American dollar. Yeah. You can you can pick out if everybody's got their back turned and they're all dressed in bathing suits. You can pick the Canadians out because they're the ones going. Oh my God! Do you have any idea how much that is in Canadian? It's like oh great. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get into this later, but I'm sure also <laughs> complaining about the weather is a, has oh. been a theme in your life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Always, 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 always. Canadians complain the most, Yeah. but I will give you this. Canadians are the most weather savvy. They mm. know the most about it. It's like... it's Because it, it changes so often, I would imagine. Yeah, and, the, and yeah. our country is so vast. And, mm. and you know, the people, we have 
all four seasons, and boy, do we ever have all four seasons. Mm-hmm. We get a full face full of four seasons in Canada. Yeah. Um, and, and that's they, why we're so tough and amazing. That's right. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we have extreme winters and we also have extreme summers. You know, so. so how did you get over your fear of the microphone? Did you ever have a fear? Or were you always itching to speak in front of people? I... I got over the fear of, um, uh, uh, by, by just having to do it. It was It's almost like uh, diving off the high dive for the very first time or jumping off the high dive, never dove, uh, is you got to do it. You can't, walk down the, you can't walk down the ladder. The only way mm-hmm. for you to get back into the change room so you can take your bathing suit off and go about your life is to jump off the high dive. And that's, that's what it was. Um, and when I did it, mm-hmm. I liked it. And then the more I did it, the more I liked it. And the easier it got. And the easier it got. And, and that doesn't happen for everybody. A lot of people will do it once, hate it, do it more, and then hate it more. And then it becomes a stigma that they can't get by. Well, maybe it wasn't for you. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> Who's tweeting? Okay, so for everyone who doesn't know, if you visit our Facebook page at Elise1015, there's a link where you can be added to our little secret chat here. Okay. And I'm getting lots of people laughing about this. I keep my tattoo well hidden, but wear it with pride. And we are told to wear <laughs> sure our flags. Sure you do. We're told to wear our flags to get better treatment. I hear more often, what's the difference between a Canadian and a canoe? Sometimes a canoe tips. <laughs> So that's just some gems from our listeners. Oh, I love it. Keep them coming. That's outstanding. I love it. Okay, so uh, then a little romance mm-hmm. was sparked. Oh yeah. On <laughs> this cruise ship, you met your wife um, in the gift shop. Yeah, not not most... shopping, by the way, people. This isn't <laughs> this isn't e true Hollywood stories. Um, she was working in the gift shops, yeah. and um, and uh, so I met I met her on board. Yeah, and um, and we are in. This uh, this year we're celebrating our twentieth wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Thank you. I hope she's listening out there somewhere. <laughs> probably not. She's probably, probably sleeping in. She's she's like you. Get up in the morning and go <laughs> dock on radio. I'm sleeping. <laughs> okay, so then after the cruise ship, yeah. you, you that's when you walked in and asked for a job in radio. Is that right? Yeah, I came back and I needed a I I needed well I wanted to work. Um, yeah. And. Uh, just trying to cut the story uh, and fast forward to that. Um, and I, and yeah, sorry, we're going on. <laughs> exactly, because I'm looking at the time on your sheets. Too. Abridged version of your life. Let's go. <laughs> so the and I, I knew that I re- I wanted to continue entertaining, and I really and I wanted to continue with the broadcast because I was having a, a ton of fun mm-hmm. with the um, uh, you know doing the doing the television out there and doing that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, a friend of mine that I had gone to to, to college with, uh, I said, hey, is, is anybody hiring in radio? And at that time, there was a lot of change going on in radio in Hamilton. You know, there, there were companies buying up other companies and they mm-hmm. were laying tons of people off. I and mean, it still happens. But um, there was a brand new radio station that was opening up uh, with a, and uh, they were like literally brick and mortar and on a, on a frequency that never existed. Cool. So I went in for an interview and uh, I, I played very heavy on my administrative side because they had hired basically everybody. Mm-hmm. They did not have a promotion director. So I went in and said, I can do all these things, but this is my administrative. So mm-hmm. they picked me up and uh, radio pays what radio pays, mm-hmm. <laughs> which isn't very much. Uh, unless you're, you know, it's in. It's free if you're a volunteer. Like you're free if you're a volunteer <laughs> like you, exactly. And I, you know, th- and that was part of the reason why I had to make money earlier in my life. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And, but that also, as soon as they found out, because we had very few hosts, mm-hmm. so they were like, hey, you said in your interview that you could MC stuff. Yeah. Could you MC that event for us, for a client? 
so I did one, did two, did three. So and they quickly realized that I was better as an MC than hmm. their hosts. And the reason was because that's what I did as a specialty. I didn't do radio broadcasts like like you're doing mm-hmm. as as a specialty. I had just for the past several years honed my skills as a live. Uh, host a live entertainer so they said well let's play on those talents and by doing that the the local television station cable cable 14 tv hamilton yeah their um their general manager was out in an event and basically said hey if you can improv your way through uh a tele if you could do that on television come on in an audition we'd love to we'd love to talk more and it ended up working i ended up mm-hmm. for the six years i was at the radio station four of those years i was double Timing. I was double teaming my time mm-hmm. by doing the te- the uh, the television station with their show at the time, South 905. That's amazing. So we actually had a question from one of our listeners about mm-hmm. what advice would you give to someone who's an, ins- an aspiring MC? Uh, be yourself. Really, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if you're not a comedian, then and I, this is advice that was given to me too, by the way. So I'm giving advice. I did not make. Were you this trying up. to be a comedian? Is that what? Well, I was working for this one cruise director who was hilariously funny. He was like Andrew Dice Clay. He was he's, he's from Boston, and he was, he was very abrasive to the guests. But they soaked That's it up so because funny. it worked. Yeah. He said, "You got to be you. You can't be me. If you try to be me, you're going to get in trouble because people don't know. They that can see through that. They can see yeah. through it. So you've got to be you. And it's I, it, there's all sorts of books on this on find your voice. And what that means is mm-hmm. find find out who you are." And, and just be that person. If you're not a comedian, don't try to force comedy. Comedy may come later, but a lot of people think they can just fall back on it. But if you can't do it and mm-hmm. you're not practiced enough in it, then you're gonna f- you'll f- flop. Mm-hmm. And flopping in comedy is the worst. You can flop by trying to be authentic and sweet and 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 uh, you know and and loving. People go, oh, but they tried so hard. But if you flop as a comedian, you're gonna get yeah. you suck. Right. And I had that a lot. So just follow my advice. Um, just be, be who you are. Mm-hmm. And that will also help you. It'll help with heart palpitations because you're not acting. You're not acting, yeah. which is if you're trying to do public speaking on top of acting and you've not done either of them, mm-hmm. well, that's double the anxiety. So mm-hmm. yeah, just just be yourself and it'll be it'll come so much easier for you. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned before, too, that um, because you dropped a hint that you had done emceeing mm-hmm. that your employer said hey this was in the back of their mind and they offered you other options as well yeah with that piece of, like that nugget of insight what what other advice would you give to people that are aspiring to be in the creative or entertainment business be open to do everything mm-hmm. be open to do everything don't say no to an opportunity because it could be something that you didn't know you really were going to love to do yeah um and and i've I have shied away from opportunities before, and I regret them. I regret, as an example, not taking it's not not getting past my fear mm-hmm. of learning how to op a board, mm-hmm. you know, in radio. Because the one thing that stood in my way of actually being a radio host, which was my dream, was the fact that I couldn't op a board. And because I was getting into it in the '90s, the they were it was, it was the, much more difficult. It was, I would well, they, they were yeah. st- the radio industry was already starting to shrink exponentially. Mm-hmm. They were at that time there was an explosion of stations turning away from the big show teams to the one person who could build the show, yeah. produce the show, op the show, and deliver the show. And I fell short on the opping because mm-hmm. I was too afraid to. To, to try it mm-hmm. and I regret that so so be take o- a chance take a chance exactly yeah. 
Okay. Just keep and 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 don't be if it doesn't work, then it wasn't going to work. But you have to try. Mm-hmm. So, you also have an amazing gift beyond all of the skills that you have and the transferable skills between all of these areas. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> I think. Okay. Uh, you have an amazing gift of capturing people's. Uh, curiosity and being able to take what could be dry information. Like I know when working on the award scripts with you, there's a lot of repetitive, there's a lot of mm-hmm. come up this person now, call this name. Um, but you have a way of making it interesting and engaging listeners into a narrative mm-hmm. that you're creating. Right. Um, I like that word, by the way, narrative, very important word. So what are some, and for me, I have um interest personally because I want to create this show in a way that and produce it in a way that is interesting for people that um, they hear the the guest story come through. So what are your techniques or what have you learned from your career on how to do this well? Okay. You used two very important words just now in in what you were just saying. One was narrative Mm -hmm. and the other was story. So storytelling is very important. And if, if you can take somebody on a journey, and we, we talk, on the buzzwords in radio and television are always ROI, because there's it's a shrinking industry. It's what's our return on investment? What's our ROI? Yeah. You see, you hear that at meetings all the time. What's our ROI? Well, if somebody's tuning in to uh, Elise in Wonderland, like, mm-hmm. they want a return on their investment of time. Mm-hmm. So if you can take them uh, and, 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 and and give them a payout at the end where they're like, man, that, I had a good time for that past hour. Yeah. I can't wait till next Sunday. Uh, or I know you're going to talk about that later. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh, spoiler alert. Um, then, People are like, what? what? What's, what's he on about I have now? a secret surprise for you listeners. Oh, like. this is a good day to tune in. <laughs> um, so if, they, if you give them something that they can benefit from then they will come back and want more. Now, it could be a radio show. It could be a television uh, mm-hmm. program. Again, like the four hours I spend on the Weather Network. But it also could be an emceeing. If you, and it worked for me, by giving an unknown uh, view, uh, attendant at, mm-hmm. at that one event I was doing, you know, it was a charity fundraiser for a, for a school in Hamilton. I remember this clearly. Um, and all I was doing was my best, but I was taking people, okay, coming up next, and then coming up next, and, and I kept, okay, mm-hmm. we did this the, uh, over the past hour, now this hour, we're going to build on that, this is how much money we've raised since then, and uh, of course, I'm genuine about it, because I'm, yeah. because I'm, in, I'm engaged in it. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I was building that narrative, this is this was me learning, and it, the payoff was somebody liked that so much and wanted to see more of it that he ended up offering me an opportunity to audition for my first uh, or second really foray into television, but first foray into broadcast li- linear television at mm-hmm. Cable 14. And then the same thing happened again when I was doing another fundraiser, but uh, afternoon gala mm-hmm. with the YWCA. And I remember Heather Reisman was the keynote speaker, but I was holding everyone's attention because that's what I do. And that's, uh, as I went on, I just continued to build on building narratives and storytelling. And then somebody from the Weather Network was in the audience and said, "If tell me if you've heard this one before. If you can do that on our station, <laughs> then we may have a position for you. I auditioned and I got the gig and I've been there over 12 years now. Amazing. So Storytelling and narrative. Can you tell then when people are losing interest and do you have like a go-to thing you do to get people's attention or is it all just instinct in the moment? 
Well, it's it's both. Mm-hmm. It's both. I I read audiences again. This this did come from working uh, uh, out at sea because you got. Let me let me paint a picture for you. It's a brilliant sunny afternoon. The temperature is probably about thirty two, but it feels like thirty eight with the humidity. You're in <laughs> Jamaica, yeah. and you've got hundreds of guests that are piling back on board. They can't wait to get to the belly flop competition up by the pool. But they just came off the Jolly Roger, so they are so drunk, they're delirious and wouldn't even be able to tell me their name if I asked them. So now I've got a, I've got a crowd control. Right. I have to be able to put on this event. I have to keep it fun for the sober people. <laughs> I have to keep it controlled <laughs> so that it doesn't become uh, you know, a problem. It doesn't offend people. Right. So a lot of crowd control. And, and that, that was just one example, but there are hundreds I could go into. Um, so... And that is staying on topic mm-hmm. and being very conscious of your time mm-hmm. and and keep the energy keep the energy going. And the only way you can keep the energy going is by keeping the event going. Same thing. I don't do that anymore, obviously. But if I'm emceeing a, a corporate event, and I host a lot of corporate events uh, that I'm hired for uh, from within mm-hmm. Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville, that sort of thing. And the main reason that I get hired to do these things, my reputation is that I keep the event on time and mm-hmm. I keep people's engagement because the show's not about me. It's about me mm-hmm. getting them to the next award mm-hmm. so that so that awardee can be recognized. It's me getting them to the next speaker. It's not Chris Showtime. No, and, and I've always, <laughs> and I've, I've said this again, this is another yeah. lesson I learned from, uh, from this one uh, cruise director uh, that I had who was, I learned a lot from actually, and that was they shouldn't know your name at the end of the event. What they should know is that they had a good time. They walk away with a certain feeling. Yeah, like, wow. And even if it's something as benign as bingo, they should not know your name. They should know, man, I had such a good time. I can hardly wait to get up tomorrow morning and have more fun. Because if they walk away knowing your name, then you made it too much about yourself. Hmm. And that's that's always been a credo that I've lived by. And that's, uh, that really is where the reputation gets built is... How successful are you? Well, my mine is built on keeping shows on time and keeping people engaged, and that all comes from storytelling. So, techniques to keep people on 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 board is peaks and valleys in my in mm-hmm. my delivery, the way that my uh, the way that I, I I adjust the pitch uh, and tone in my voice is one thing. Also, never be afraid of, and I had to learn this, especially on television. Never be afraid of dead air. So, like, for instance, if you let and I were... Let people take it in for a moment. Yeah, let, let people take that in for a moment. Mm-hmm. And it's really effective in radio. If you go too long, then you people are turning the station. <laughs> but, uh, but by standing at the edge of the stage and just looking around like I'm searching for something, and then I can bring the white noise hum of an audience that's not paying attention down to zero. It's like teacher logic, right? A if lot I'm of it's, quiet, everyone yeah, will listen. exactly. Without putting my one finger over my lip and my other hand up in the air, like... Flicking the lights. Yeah, flicking the lights, exactly. <laughs> so, um, we're getting a lot of great feedback, by the way. Okay. I'm very engaged, one of our listeners. <laughs> so, that's good. That's what you want to hear. All right, so they're engaged. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> so, we're going to go to an amazing song by Queen called Radio Gaga. One of my favorites. Basically, me too. Come on. It's a love song about radio in its format, in its ability to tell stories. Yep. And uh, after that, we're going to talk to you about uh, how you made your foray into your current career in the Weather Network. Sure. We will be right back with with Chris in just a moment. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Lisa in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It's 9.44, and we were talking to Chris May about his life in the entertainment business, and we were just joking about getting caught when yeah. he gets the t- the on-air sign comes on, and he's in the middle of a sentence telling a story, oh, eating that, a sandwich. I got to tell you, really quick story. Um, the the Weather Network, a number of years ago, when, uh, when uh, CBC was going through some changes, and we all know about those changes. The, um, they sold off their sports mm-hmm. programming to Rogers, so that's all Sportsnet, and they brand that accordingly. Well, they also uh, got rid of their uh, national weather center for CBC News Network, and that became an, an arrangement with the Weather Network. So a lot of people go, hey, how come I see you on CBC News Network in the middle of the afternoon? I thought you were at the Weather Network. Yeah, well, if you turn over to the Weather Network, you're gonna see me there too, but I do live segments at, well, once an hour for three hours, uh, 2.50, 3.50, 4.50 in the afternoon with Andrew Nichols on um, on the news network. Sometimes the production staff there remember to let me know that they're throwing to me now. Sometimes they don't. And just <laughs> last week, Andrew was in a story about, uh, and I remember this clearly, it was about uh, ticket brokers and ticket scalping and stuff like that. And while he was talking about it, and there's the crawlers, everybody in our newsroom is watching with, with me, and I'm standing off to the side like this going, yeah, the same thing happened to me. Remember back in the day, the guy, and, and all of a sudden in my peripheral, I see that I'm on the air. So it was one of those, again, you have to be over. Hello. <laughs> it was like, hi-o, this is Kermit the Frog here. Uh, <laughs> Again, if you watched Sesame Street as much as I did as a kid, you'll get that reference. <laughs> These are Chris May's Easter eggs for the Elise in Wonderland show. <laughs> Amazing. So you started at the Weather Network. Obviously, someone said, if you could do this here, you can do this here. So mm-hmm. um, why the Weather Network? Well, the first of all, they offered. So I wanted to see what it was about. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went in for the audition, and obviously the the biggest concern to me was mm-hmm. I've never worked at a weather station before and I've never done weather uh, and, and which was actually I was selling myself short because mm-hmm. we had a lot of stories that we would do at cable 14 that were based on the weather so I would yeah. have to do research so it's not that I went in as a neophyte sure I actually did know about it I just wasn't um, they're just obviously I, our new skill sets to learn in this exactly yeah so here's the thing um, and uh, and it, I'm not speaking out of turn, I know, because this is what we talk about all the time at the station, and that is we are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and we've been doing that for decades. Yeah. Decades. It's impossible to keep the attention. This goes back to storytelling and narrative. If you don't have a good, solid, on-running story that keeps people's attention for decades, mm-hmm. then you're a lost format. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you do that? You complement the science and technology with uh, with with broadcast abilities. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to find every single meteorologist who's been studying for years um, atmospheric science and earth science and, and, uh, and, and weather and meteorology their whole life right. um, is suddenly going to come out and be like, you know, uh, you know, an entertainer as well. They're, they are there, but you're not going to have that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year mm-hmm. without spending $10 billion on talent. And not so, everyone can have the energy that you have. 
Well, there's to that. be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, yeah. that's the other thing. So yeah. because our station is as unique as it is as an essential service, because that's all we do. So if something happens, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait for a commercial break from a rerun of Roseanne to get to weather. You don't have to wait for uh, for sports and and uh, and entertainment and business to get to weather. Mm-hmm. If something happens anywhere in this country, which weather's happening all the time, it's happening right now. As a matter of fact, look outside. Um, they can just hit our station mm-hmm. and they can get somebody explaining this is what's happening this is why it's happening this is how long it's going to be so you need a lot of people to do that and that's where they bulked up on personalities mm-hmm. so and that's what i am i'm a personality and we have a lot yes, of personalities <laughs> <laughs> i'm a sometimes i can be larger than life but so i think people are really curious to know then how um the, behind the scenes how that sure. works uh, you mentioned to me before that you you start with a brief with meteorologists to give you an idea mm-hmm. of what's going on, right? And then you take that, distill it down, and with your ability to read what's going on on the green screen behind you, mm-hmm. you create the story. Correct. Again, building a story. Mm-hmm. You said story again, and again, it's all very important. Um, I first we get a lot of training, and that goes on behind the scenes too. Before we even sure, hit the air, yeah. we get a lot training and part of that is meteorology and part of that is uh broad is is weather presenting because it is a bit different Mm -hmm. first of all the chroma key wall is a virtual world so you have to be able to navigate that um and you also have to have a really keen sense of of uh, of uh, hand-eye coordination again for the wall and also knowing geography that must be really difficult to do it all at the same time i would imagine when you began was yeah probably a feat it was, yeah. I, I practiced a lot. I practiced a lot. When I train people mm-hmm. now, I tell them that even before I had my first foray on the air, my first shift on the air, I practiced for hundreds of hours hmm. on my own with, like, that was on my own How accord. How did you practice? <laughs> I, well, the station doesn't have all its broadcast yeah. studios working all the time, so I would go from the radio station that I was at at the time. I'd go home, grab dinner, and then drive out to the weather network, and I would, uh, I'd learn really quickly how to set a clock or something like that for my own, for the studio that was not being used at the time. So you get your timing down. Get my timing down, yeah. get my choreography down, get my hand-eye down. And I would go awesome. from, I'd get home, I'd show up at the weather network at like nine, I'd stay there and like one in the morning and then I'd go home sleep for four or five hours and then do it again which isn't healthy but it helped but it helped me and you only have to do it for a short period of time um while I was doing that though I also studied meteorology a lot I did take the effort uh there were days because my son was just a baby at the time Mm. my wife would go off with him and they'd go into the little kids area at the you know Burlington Public Library, the Hamilton Public Library, and watch the kids' movies or play mm-hmm. on the computers with the, all the colored keys and stuff. And <laughs> I would sit there and I would go th- and I would pour over atmospheric science books and earth science books and how to read model data and how to analyze and mm. how to microanalyze systems. And, and, and then I would go in the next day and I would ask a lot of questions. And that got me the opportunity to rise in the ranks faster. And by that, I mean when there was not that I had a full-time job when I first got got there, because that was not the case. I had to play on call for a while. But whenever there was an on-call need for active weather, they would turn to me because they knew that I could tell that story. Um, I do have an accreditation, which is what they call CMOS, which is the Canadian Canadian, Canadian (laughs) Meteorological and Oceanographic Society. 
and that is essentially the same as the in the United States NOAA, which is mm. their version of it. So I am accredited with being a weather presenter who knows as much about the weather as you would need mm. without being uh, a fully fledged a meteorologist, meteorologist who constant. And what's the difference between me and them? Basically, at this point in my career, they can forecast, mm -hmm. and I can't. Because in forecasting, the weather that, interesting. that's where you have to start pulling in algorithms. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you have to start see, using calculus and all the math in order to jump the story forward. What I can do, though, is I can read and, and, and analyze the forecast story mm -hmm. and then break it down to where the audience gets something out of it. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So what is it like when the weather is bad? For me personally, <laughs> not great. <laughs> Stupid weatherman, how come it's exciting? snowing? Okay, here. <laughs> right, and, and you, you've got that classic, everyone blames the weatherman. Of course. I'm sure. Exactly. It's like the people who blame the postman when bills come. Really? <laughs> the postman didn't write, didn't create that bill. I didn't know people did that. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> so what is it like in the station then? Oh, the station's awesome. Uh, being in the station is, is, a, is, a, is a great place. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, and I'm not, this isn't me... <laughs> trying to oh you know what they call you know kissing up but the uh <laughs> the owner of our uh, of the station the original the, the owner of of the whole corporation palmerex a man named pierre morissette is is an unbelievable he's a visionary uh, and and he's and he's a family man and all decisions have to be made to keep a corporation growing mm -hmm. but he has always always maintained a core of excellence and you don't get that unless you know people's names and you make a point of visiting people we just mm -hmm. uh, it, he's always been amazing and the people that he hires to do a lot of the work that he needs to get done but he's only one person um, there they all have to buy into that mm -hmm. otherwise he will move along and get somebody who will live up to that which is amazing and it and it's just like any corporation it starts at the top if you have somebody who believes in the product and is willing to empower people to do it the way that he's dreamed it and they do that then you will grow it leaps and bounds faster and better so that's why the place is uh, it, it's a lot of fun it's very busy now it's like it's wildly more corporate now than it was even 12 years ago when i mm -hmm. started but because we all want to succeed together it makes it more fun Seems Honest like a really God. good work culture and a supportive one. They're all wildly yeah. supportive, incredibly supportive. So do we have a minute to do live on air weather with Chris May? We should be able to. Let's take a quick look here. I'm going to get my, I'm going to open up. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a shameless plug for the Weather Network app, which, <laughs> um, because you can go there. I'm going to do that because it's actually a lot easier for me. Um, I, I clicked on the app and on the little, you know, little sandwich board on the top mm -hmm. left, you know, the, the, what they call the hamburger. I'm going <laughs> to, I hit that drop down screen and that opens up options for forecasts. And I am looking at a radar now of us. So we I'm have. so excited to see the magic live. See, see that? So there's Amazing. the radar. This is awesome radio. This is great radio. So if you can see this now, imagine if you will, there's a radar and there's rain. Um, so the front has moved into the Atlantic provinces and they're getting smoked with rain in Newfoundland right now, which is what we were forecasting. There's also a heavy amount of rain along the St. John River. So what does that mean for us? That front passed away from us. The temperature, now if you look outside your windows, 
It is bright outside. It is going to be sunny today because high pressure is now moving slightly further east. But it was because high pressure was directly over top of us that the moisture that wrapped around behind that low that's going through the St. Lawrence, it collided with that, that high, which came from the Arctic North. And that's what gave us that skiffing of snow earlier today. Well, now we have clear skies and the temperatures are going to be right back on their way up. And I'm looking at the Oh my God, long, this is so amazing. I'm looking anyway. at the long range right now. And there's two things happening. The ridge of high pressure that was in place and had Alberta and Saskatchewan into the mid-20s going into the weekend is not there now. They're getting rain and they have elevation snow I can see now in the Rockies. So what does that mean? Again, to my naked eye, and this is not using any math, is with those with that ridge therefore is moving east, which means we're going to get that warmth. But I also see making its way through Nebraska in the States and then up in through Iowa is another weak low that's forming in the States, which means that there's a warm front. And the warm front brings gulf moisture up, which means we're in line this week for warmer temperatures and humidity. And if I check my app on my phone, I would say you were right. Really? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yay, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. So cool. Why did I act surprised? <laughs> you know what was the best part about that is that you are so excited about what you're seeing and it totally makes me engaged. I could I could see you being like, yep, blah, 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 some information. Yeah, and, but the th- here's the downside. Is and what I- does it mean for us? And look out your window, like all of that. You're professional. Which works in this forum, but that's why families yeah. tend to stray away from asking me questions like, What's it going to do on the weekend? Because they know, oh crap, I opened up a floodgate. Oh no, now he- I have to. <laughs> oh no. Now I have to hear about fronts. Oh man, he's going to go on. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, yeah. where can people watch you and where can people follow you? Uh, my Twitter handle is at Mayday, M E I. M E I is how you spell, spell my last name. So, at M E I D A Y T W N. So, at Mayday T W N. Um, and then you can watch me all, you can watch me on the Weather Network any day um, here in, I guess, because I go because I'm national. The GTHA in the GTHA in Hamilton. Um, so I'm, I, I'm I'm always thinking in time zones. Uh, you can get me f- between the hours of 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Seven seven days a week. No, five days a week. Monday to Friday, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. And if you happen to be uh, skipping across at CBC News Network, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait a minute, yeah, uh, that's also you. That's also me at. But at the end of every hour, the two o'clock, the three o'clock, and the five o'clock hour, they'll wrap up with mm-hmm. um, a recap of headlines. Well, first weather, and then a recap of headlines. Then they go to break, and then they start their next hour. Wonderful. There you go. Thank you, Chris, for being here. Elise, thank you again. This was a whole lot of fun. I, I'm living my my radio dream, man. Living it out again. I hope uh, I pass the audition. I don't know if I'd have you back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope you can come back again because I'm sure we have lots to talk about still. What are Uh, we playing? What are we going to play? What are you going to play? I have to say first, uh, we are moving our show. (gasps) Sunday mornings, we are now moving to Thursdays at 5 p.m. So all of my friends who don't want to wake up early have no excuse now. You have to listen to me. Um, So we will be live on the air next Thursday at 5 p.m. And we're going to play a song now that I can't believe you haven't heard. It is um, The Only Living Boy in New York, which mentions... The weather oh, report. Okay, I get all the news I need on the weather report by Simon <laughs> and Garfunkel, and we'll end the show now. We'll see you all next Thursday. Thanks again, Chris. Have I'll a be great tuning weekend. in Thursday at five. Got it. Thank you. Amazing. Tell your friends. Tell your family. See you there, guys.